0: Welcome to Leonard Lopate at Large. I'm Leonard Lopate. It's been a while since we last heard from our favorite language experts, the brother and sister team of Catherine and Ross Petra, so we thought we might invite them back to talk about our crazy English language and to take your calls. Their most recent book is Awkward, spelled A-W-K-W-O-R-D, Awkward Moments, a lively guide to the 100 terms smart people should know. And like their other books on language, that doesn't mean what you think it means and you're saying it wrong. It's published by Ten Speed Press. They also have a podcast called You're Saying It Wrong. If you have a question or word usage, grammar, or pronunciation uh, for Kathy and Ross, you can give us a call at 212. 212- Two zero nine two eight seven seven. That's two one two two zero nine twenty eight seventy seven. Kathy and Ross, welcome to our show. Hi,
1: Leonard. How you doing?
0: Okay. Where are you these I'm, days, Kathy?
1: I am still in Granada, Spain.
0: <laughs> oh wow! Lucky you.
1: Yeah, can't complain. Sunny, beautiful, uh, life's good.
0: <laughs> we we frequently get calls from listeners about their language pet peeves, and and you recently did a podcast on one that annoys a lot of people, which you call functional shifting. What does that mean?
1: Functional shifting is is a complicated one. I'm gonna now I'm gonna try to try to figure out a way to put it nice and neatly. Um, it's when an existing word takes on a different um, we all uh, casually we call it verbing or nouning. It's like when a noun becomes a verb or a verb becomes a noun. <laughs> That's the simplest way of putting it. And um, and actually you can have adverbing and adjectiving too while you're at it. So it gets, it gets a little hairy. I, I was one of those people who fought against impact uh being used as like this impacted that and now i've got to say i'm i'm completely on the bandwagon i say gosh that impacted me or this was an in, you know this can impacted I, that
2: can i interrupt for a second sure. have i functionally shifted onto the zoom can you guys hear me or not yes,
0: Ross, yes we, we can, can hear you and wow. I, I was going to mention that in the podcast you say this doesn't really bother you do you see this as uh, part of the natural evolution of language
2: Yes, it doesn't really. I mean, language changes. A lot of words used to mean. I mean, meat used to refer to all types of food, and now it refers to one specific type of food that vegans don't like. <laughs> I mean, obviously, words change, and I, that's what hap- I, It doesn't even. It's not a matter that doesn't bother me. It just happens. We have to deal with it.
3: Well, I,
1: I, I agree with you, Rose. But I think there's some that do set my teeth slightly on edge. I can't help it. I mean, oh. some. I mean, a lot don't. But I, the ones that are very businessy usually bother me uh, for some reason.
2: I agree with you. I think we have to deal with it. We have to accept it. But things bother me. I just saw just recently they were talking about Crimea, and they said Crimea, as you said, was gifted by Khrushchev. I hate <laughs> saying gifted. I prefer given. But you know that. I, it, the fact is that that's how people use the word. That's, Although gifted that's
1: has been around, oh wait a second! The gifted has been around for a long time.
2: I know, but it hasn't been generally used. For, you're right. A lot of words have been have been used differently for centuries. But gifted was not extraordinarily common until the last uh, twenty or thirty years.
0: So Are we seeing this happening more in the age of texting and social media, like the word "friending"? Did the word "friend" exist as a verb before Facebook? Um, I That's think, a good question. I think, I it, think did. it did. I
2: think it did. I'm trying to find the good old OED, mm-hmm. the Oxford English Dictionary.
0: You a friend. Friend. <laughs> no, I, I think that befri- befriending somebody was a case, but befriending yes, is. Uh, it seems to me. I don't know. It always rankles me just to drop. I agree okay. with
1: you. Okay, I said it. Henry V. Uh, not Henry V the person. Shakespeare in Henry V uh, used uh, used friending. He yes. said, "Order that has spoiled us, friend us now." And then there's a guide from the early 13th century that says, "Make no purses for to friend yourself therewith." which is a yes. very irritating line for some reason. I can't but complain to
0: Shakespeare, unfortunately. What about the reveal? That's another one that many people find annoying.
2: Oh, the noun. You're talking now about the noun, yes. the reveal. Yes.
0: The that, reveal. Again,
2: the noun is as an act of revealing, we go back to 1596, thy false reveal. Hmm. So, but again, though, we go back to what we said earlier about gifting. These words have been used in different ways, but the reveal general, in general usage is recent. And I don't Mm. like it. so whatever. But I have to
1: deal with it. Yeah, because that really it started actually, though, in terms of how it's used now with the reveal in a TV show. It started in the 1950s, (laughs) which shocked me. I I thought it was a completely 2000 reality show or whatever, or baby shower reveals or something. I thought it was much more recent.
0: Solve is another one, as in, do you have a solve for that? Why do okay, you that. solve rather than solution?
1: <laughs> I Okay, Leonard, that's, here we get to the edge where, where, unlike Ross who's saying, like, oh, it's fine, I, I, that just makes my teeth hurt just hearing it. I'm just I'm very tense now. Look Although, what you've done to me.
2: <laughs> to make you a little more tense, I just found it in Shakespeare's sonnets, Supplement. The solve is this, that thou dost come and grow. I agree with Kathy, though. I hate
1: it. I have my (laughs) own gripes with Shakespeare, too. He's not one of my favorites, (laughs) so I don't want to talk about him
0: either. (laughs) He was pretty good on the whole, so. Uh, (laughs) Don't other functional shifts come from slang? You cite one example using cringe as an adjective, as in, that's so cringe.
1: If that doesn't make you cringe, (laughs) I think I'll stop talking with you, Leonard. I I think you have to be a teenager. It's abominable. Yeah, that's in fairness to that. Yeah, if I were a teenager, I'd be using it. I I, I would think it's fine. But I don't think anyone over the age of of 30 should say that's so cringe. I just don't.
2: Although, going to (laughs) the Oxford (laughs) English Dictionary, we have a 1592 usage and then 1616 uh, translation of St. Augustine, City mm. of God, with the cringe.
1: They so said again, I mean, that's so cringe. That is <laughs> <cringes>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't handle this. <laughs> it, it makes me cringe. So cringe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> In the movie Mean Girls, they all said that's so fetch. <laughs> mm-hmm, but that never well, really well, caught like, on, did it?
1: No, it didn't, did it? It was like it had its little flurry, but it didn't, did it? I hear now the um, thing, this isn't, this isn't functional shifting actually, but I just thought of it is instead of outfit, you say fit. Oh, like, yeah, I'm trying on different fits, which, which I, I still can't get used to. I, I'm going to see if that catches on. I don't think so.
0: We invite our listeners to join this conversation. Uh If you have examples of this phenomenon that bother you or some that you actually like, or if you want to talk about something totally different that uh, involves the language, uh, we invite you to give us a call at 212-209-2877 to join the conversation. Again, the number 212-209-2877. In another recent podcast you talked about something called genericide which sounds like it should be declared a war on a war crime what's what's genericide
2: genericide genericide is when a trademark a trademarked word basically enters into the language and i think the best example for people of our generation it was the word it's no longer uh, really used? Was Xerox. Uh, Xerox was a company that made photocopies, and the act of photocopying, we all called it Xeroxing. And we've talked about this before. I still use the word Xeroxing and I get blank looks at people at the library who have no idea what I'm <laughs> it's talking about.
1: Like, what are you asking about, old man, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, but, but, but the words clear, Kleenex for tissue, for example, or Thermos for insulated flask, well, I can't imagine ever saying, um, hand me the insulated flask. On the other hand, Thermos was a, a brand name, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. Indeed. Exactly. Well, the closest thing I was just going to say when I said the Xerox thing right now is Photoshopping because Photoshopping is indeed a, a trademark and it's still a trademark and Adobe is fighting hard to prevent Photoshopping to become genericized, including shopping alone. But they, so they, on their website, I just love this and it's still there. They say that instead of using the term, they say, follow the basic rules for proper trademark use. Uh, Adobe's Photoshop trademark is using the following examples. Correct. Mm. The image was enhanced using Adobe's Photoshop software. Incorrect. The image was Photoshopped. I I don't think anyone's going to say, yes, I just enhanced the image using Adobe Photoshop (laughs) Uh, software.
0: I would think that they would have been pleased. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that the Zoom people are pleased.
2: Not Mm. really, though. Because what's going to happen, though, is that other people that are going to be competing with them and saying Photoshop and then the brand is going to be basically dissipated. Mm-hmm. So I can see where they'd want to keep it on that level, though. What really flipped us out was bubble wrap. Bubble wrap is a trademark term. Can you believe that?
0: Yeah. Mm. Well, wow. I, I I was surprised when I heard that the word heroin was. Yes. A, I
1: know that was a shocker.
0: Can you explain how that happened?
2: It, it was uh, developed by, uh, I think it was Bayer Company. Yeah, it was in Germany, and um, they they took the word from hero because it was a heroic sort of drug, and the I-N-E ending makes it um, drug-sounding, and it dropped the E. And then World War One happened, <laughs> and uh, because it was a German company, the Americans denied them the trademark. They took it away, and it became genericized. And I don't think Bear was too upset about it because they found out that heroin is extremely addictive. And <laughs> yeah, new, so yes. I don't think they wanted identification with the thing anyway. So they didn't no, I think the, uh...
1: the aspirin ended up being better for them. Right? <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs>
0: Let's take some calls, okay? Again, uh, the number here uh, is 212 209 2877. WBAI, you're on the air.
4: Hey, it's Russell. Hi, Russell. Uh, You know, I'd like to point out these people now use the word fire to mean fiery. Uh, It's kind of a lazy usage. But I'd like to ask Kathy a question on the use of the word insurrection. On January sixth it referred to citizens who demanded that the government function according to an eighteen eighty seven law. Now, Kathy, would an insurrection it would it be considered an insurrection if a pro choice group of people demanded that Congress do its job finally after fifty years to represent the majority will of the people of the entire United States and the right of every single individual woman. Would that be an insurrection if we go in there and take over the Capitol? Bye.
0: It would be an insur- Wouldn't would it be an insurrection if somebody tried to take over the Capitol, w- whether the cause was something we agree with or not? That's always, that's
1: always the issue, well, isn't it? <laughs>
0: that's what the word is all about, right?
1: Mm-hmm. The word
2: means a violent uprising against an authority or government. Putting a value of, like, is that a justifiable violent uprising or an unjustifiable violent uprising doesn't change the meaning of the word.
1: That's an interesting point, Ross, Because you and I talk about this a lot, and Leonard, I'm sure you think about it. Is how words have become uh, loaded, even, and and people forget just what the meaning is, and 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 there's there's added judgment in them now. Where, yeah. where it, you know,
0: I don't right insurrection now. deaf well, insurrection has a a negative connotation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's take some, as does heroin, by the way. Uh, let's yes. take some more calls. <laughs> but
1: not aspirin. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: we'll get to aspirin in a moment. But wait, well, before we take that next call, what about aspirin? Was that a uh, a brand name originally? No. Uh-huh. So that's always been, uh, uh, but on the other hand, um, it is the generic term for salicylic acid.
2: Yes. Indeed. It is. The etymology of aspirin, though, is It comes from um, the German, oh, I can't ba- pronounce the word, Baer- the German word, acetyliere spursauer, acetylated okay. silica, uh
1: Bayer did silica. it again, <laughs> though. It was <laughs> so. Bayer's thing, because the A was for the acetyl, the spur was for spurea yeah. ulmaria Mm. Uh, which is the salicin and the end was what you put on drug names. And I'm
2: also wrong. Uh, the apparently here, the pharmaceutical journal tells us that Bayer
1: invented the word. Yeah. That's what I was just saying. Yes. But it wasn't a brand name. No.
0: On the other hand, Tylenol and Advil are. And they have really, they still do seem to um, refer to specific brands. Absolutely. You don't say take a Tylenol when you mean take any kind of aspirin.
1: Well, that's what I think is interesting, though, is why some become generic. I'm like, why Kleenex instead of tissue? Mm -hmm. I mean, I I do say tissue as well, but I will also say Kleenex without thinking about it. You're not going
0: to say, give me a facial tissue, are you?
1: I never have said give me a facial never. tissue in my life. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> it really why, why, I really haven't. But
2: I do say Tylenol. I mean, are you saying you don't say? I don't say acetaminophen. Um, I say I need a Tylenol. My
1: back hurts.
2: Yeah, but oh, you're talking
0: about a specific specific brand. You're not talking about any uh, acetaminophen. No. Yeah. Oh.
1: oh really? You call all acetaminophen? I don't. I don't. Well, well, say, I don't usually. I don't take it anyway. But. <laughs>
0: Should we uh, tell people who I'm talking to? My guests are Catherine and Ross Petris and they are regulars on our show. We talk about language, and take your calls at 212-209-2877. Let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air.
4: Good afternoon. Good afternoon. The, the, uh, the recent improper usage that I hate the most is, to, is optics instead of mm. saying appearance. Uh-huh hmm. So
1: that's an interesting that's another one, I think, that's so businessy. And I think people think it sounds smarter. It's like, what are the optics on that? You know, I I, I really think it's one of those cases where people like the sound of it and, and don't care that it's irritating to people like you and me. <laughs> <laughs> OK, yeah, I don't well, like it
0: you don't like it either. No, I don't. But at the same time, you're not going to say anything to somebody who uses it. No. Do you think that again, that some of these words get used in certain situations rather than others? For example, uh, businesses might very well talk about optics, whereas uh, if you're just having a conversation with a friend, it's less likely to come up?
2: Oh, definitely. I mean, I don't think I would tell my wife, you have good optics if she looks good going out.
1: <laughs> I don't think she'd like that. <laughs> It, it definitely, though, is I do I do think more often than not, we get, as you said, there, there's specific times and places where these words seem. I mean, I don't like calendaring, which is a word that you always hear at work a lot. It's very businessy and it bothers me again. It's another one. But I suspect if I were in a corporate environment, I would be so used to it. It wouldn't irritate me any longer. Right. But again, if somebody said to me, you know, um, Calendared of five parties for the next two months, I would kind of want to punch you in the nose a little
0: bit. (laughs) Yes. Okay, well, let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air.
5: Yes, uh, greetings to the beloved community, such as we are these days. And uh, appreciate your taking calls. We'd like to see the general consensus, Leonard, is we'd like to see that much more often. But I want to reference two books in preference to my question uh, and language. The first one is a book I just received called The King in Orange, the Magical and Occult Roots of Political Power by John Michael Greer, and is an interesting thesis regarding um, an obscure pro- Romanian American f- professor that had a very um uh, that was assassinated at the University of Chicago, uh, going against the Romanian uh, regime, but writing on. Um, the uh, eros and magic of the Renaissance, and basically equating that to um, advertising and public relations, and I... Also, uh, Giordano Bruno, who also looked at the manipulation of language in political systems, and he also had um, burned at the stake, had a you, you know terrible end by the stake. Oh, yeah. But the main reference is Isabel Wilkinson's work caste, this, I think the subtitle is The Symptoms of Our Discontent. So the question is, Is we, we basically live in a caste system that we don't acknowledge, where we deal with categories of white and black and people of color that biologically and scientifically don't exist. So the question is, do you see or, or can you wrap your mind around the larger aspect of we do we ever get to the point in the king of orange is referring to, of course, Donald Trump, who has his people looking forward to a civil war
3: mm.
1: and
5: basically banning black books, black people, black history, etc., etc. And if you get my question, and hopefully we'll look at the king in orange and how uh, Donald Trump won the election in the first place and how that was able to be pulled off, I'll listen over the air. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Uh, Was she also hinting that... Because of some of the makeup that Donald Trump used, that he was orange <laughs> at times.
1: I'm sure. I can't imagine why. That's <laughs> interesting, though. Speaking, though, actually, of, of, of black. and are were also talking about this recently, the different registers of language and the fact that we used to have, on, um, you know, what is correct grammar. And then you have there 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 are so many other. English is alive right now including just in the United States alone and we have to like accept the fact that not every there there is fluidity in the language again we go back to that notion of fluidity
0: since English is the most spoken language around the world uh, I'm assuming that uh, people uh, change it in different parts of the world uh, does that ever come back to the United States or does.
2: Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. I mean, language, it curls around and it, it comes in and out. We were talking a couple of months ago, I think, about Indian, from India English.
1: Oh, this is one of Ross's favorite words, but, too, but now.
2: If we to, I think we've, I'm not sure we've mentioned it here, but I was talking to a, uh, a person from India, and we were talking about language, and a common word is prepone in English. We have postpone a meeting mm-hmm. and you can prepone a meeting, which means yeah. you have you schedule a meeting for earlier than you had originally intended. I love that word. I think it's a really great idea. <laughs> and I think I'm not sure that word has entered yet into American English, but no. I bet it will sometime. But certainly, like, I mean, it, we, have, we see a lot of British English entering into America from hip hop, etc. We see a lot of um, of musical black English entering into the into the vernacular, too. I think I was reading an article once that despite racism um, as a group, blacks contributed more to English as a group outside of the mainstream, Mm -hmm. the mainstream white, whatever you want to call it, the traditional English blacks have probably contributed more via to the English language via music than any other and sports than any other group. I don't know if that's true. I just read that.
0: Well, I'm sure there are some listeners out there who have thought about this as well, and maybe they'll call in and add to that. The number again, 212-209-2877. We have a number of people on waiting to go on the air, so let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air. How
6: are you? This is Joseph, one of your loyal fans.
0: Well, thank you so much. God knows I need a couple. <laughs> <laughs> now, my big beef lately...
6: And I've been hearing this for I don't know the last few years in American English. Here I am in New York. Instead of using the preposition "speak about," "speak of," people are spe- people are saying "speak to the," "speak yeah. to the," "this," "to the." That. They're using the the preposition "to," "to," instead of "of" or saying "about," and it's really it just sounds incongruent. Thank you. Uh huh.
1: That's, you're absolutely right because I've actually noticed it as well recently, and I'm trying to think when I first started hearing it so massively. And I, I, I th- for me, I don't know why. I could be wrong. I think I first started hearing it on news shows, on news talk shows. People saying, "Speak to the blah, blah." It's,
2: I mean, it's interesting because I can I because it's interesting because actually I did look at that a while back, and uh, Google there was on Google News and Google Books there was a study done, and it's very limited. Prior to the 1990s. Oh, by, the really? middle of, by the middle of the 1990s, it became very common. By the early 2000s, it was everywhere. I, I agree. I don't like it at all. I don't like how it sounds, but.
0: Well some things just suddenly become part of the language. We've talked in the past about guests on talk shows saying thank you for having me. You can't imagine anyone <laughs> saying that twenty years ago. <laughs> Unless it was no. a different kind of a transaction.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> True.
0: Okay, let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air.
7: Thank you, Leonard. Thank you for a great show as usual.
0: Thank you for saying that.
7: And I love your gospel show, and I've been listening to it. I've been listening to you for years. Anyway, um, this is an oldie but goodie. It's kind of a almost vintage, uh, going down memory lane. But it's become kind of you know a standard. And I'm not sure if it has to do with like more of an etiquette etiquette question, or is it actual linguistic? Uh, no problem,
3: mm-hmm.
7: as opposed to thank you. It still bugs the heck out of me. <laughs> That's I an interesting. Oh,
0: uh, I apologize yeah. for the fact that I have used it at times. <laughs>
1: I, I was just going to say, Ross and I talked with us because this is where it's nice having two people like working on the same thing. Ooh. Ross is, is with you, caller. I, I don't remember your name, but he agrees with you. Does not care I for no problem. It. It I me. unfortunately am a big no problem. I mean, constantly. Oh, you like that? Oh, no problem. No problem. No problem. No, I, I
2: don't, I, go. go, Ross. No, I'm saying the reason I don't like it, though, is I go, I, go, I, I order something and the waiter, I go, like, to have the steak, you know, whatever. And the waiter goes, no problem. And I huh. feel like, well, if it's a problem, you shouldn't be working here. I mean, just-
0: <laughs> yeah, but that's not uh, – I don't think that's the way most people use it. Most people use it no. when, when they're told – somebody says, uh, uh, I was worried about blah, 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 blah. And you say, no problem.
2: I agree with you. But I, for some reason, it still gets into my head as that I know the reasoning what you're saying.
1: But Although not- now in Spanish, your welcome is de nada, uh-huh. which is of nothing, technically, exactly. which not is no problem. Big. So, <laughs> hello.
2: Thank
0: you. <laughs> okay, well, uh, should we t- take another call? BAI, you're on the air.
4: Uh, I'd like to give you two examples of correct English. Uh, This, uh, if it were I, is perfectly Mm. correct English. Oh, the I and me
0: thing is a big issue, don't you think? Yes,
4: well, also the subjunctive, if it were I, if it was me, is more the common parlance. Also, you Mm -hmm. have other forms, like, to whom would this apply? Mm. (laughs) And it sounds both of those uh, uh, expressions sound rather elitist and I find myself even though I know what's correct I find myself choosing the common parlance so as not to sound elitist and I wonder if you make similar decisions deliberately choosing the the wrong English uh, uh, usage just to avoid the uh, you know the elitist uh, elitism of using the word whom the proper way can yeah, I yeah. can I
0: jump in here is there a difference between Using those words in conversation and using them when you're writing something.
4: Yeah, is there? Good question. I, yes,
1: I think so. I, I, I think that again, we go back to like the, the time and place. I, I, I think that dialogue, conversation is it tends tend to be a lot more relaxed. I, for good or for ill, you know, I don't know. I, I just want to say I am unfortunately one of those people who when I answer the phone and Ross and I have discussed this, I still say it is I when I answer. I don't say it's yes. me. Right. And and I know I probably sound like an insufferable prig doing it, but I can't <laughs> help it. You know, I just can't help it. It yeah. comes out.
2: I also use subjunctive if I were going to go to the store. I use the subjunctive there. I don't say if I was going to go to the store. I would say if I were going to go to the store. So I, I still mm-hmm. use it, but I do say, like, who are you going to talk to? To whom? We, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say, who, you know, to, to, to whom, whom are you will you, you be talking? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I use a subjunctive. I think I'm kind of in between. I mix it. I, sometimes I use mm-hmm. subjunctive instinctively, even though it might sound priggish. Other times I, I do the wass and stuff.
4: Mm-hmm. 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 You make those decisions as well. Yes, you you choose to uh, uh, speak sli- in the common parlance, even though you know it slightly. Uh, well, it doesn't quite follow the strict rules of, of grammar. And even in the written style, because we do so much text messaging these days, the difference between spoken and written, uh, sometimes, you know, there, there aren't that oh. much many differences. Because uh, in, in written back and forth, when you're co- conversing in a Messenger or something like that, uh, it's more conversation. And so, exactly.
1: Yeah. See, I think that's a very I think that's a huge point that a lot of people don't address enough, because I do think that a lot of our typing writing is is really our talking, but with our fingers, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's very different than writing a piece or writing an essay or writing a, even a real letter as opposed to a text or an email. Yes.
4: And there's a program that airs every, I think it's every Tuesday, called This Is Us. And that's the title. And of course it should be This Is We, but nobody uh, would complain about this.
3: We need a club.
4: Yes. A club of correct, proper English speakers, indeed. Yes.
0: <laughs> we are uh, taking your calls at 212 209 2877. This is WBAI New York, 99.5 FM, and streaming live at WBAI.org say
4: either, I say either, you say neither, and I say neither. Either, either, or either, or neither. Let's call the whole thing off. Yes, you like potato, and I like potato. I like tomato, I like tomato, potato, 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 tomato, tomato. Let's call the whole thing off. But, oh, if we call the whole thing off, then we must part. And, oh, if we ever part, then that. We went
0: back part. with Kathy and Ross Petrus, authors of Awkward. Moments, a lo- lively guide to 100 terms smart people should know. Also, that doesn't mean what you think it means, and you're saying it wrong. And they're all published by Ten Speed Press. And we are taking your calls at two one two two zero nine two eight seven seven. I have a whole bunch of other questions, but I think that uh, I'd like to go to a caller who's been hanging on for a little while. Hi, B A I. You're on the air.
4: Yes, I, I I've already uh, spoken. My I also well, okay. If, if I have a second. Uh, it, even in the media, in the broadcast professional uh, TV journalists, they've lost the distinction between that and who. Uh, for example, they would say uh, uh, the, the senator that issued the law and uh, where it's supposed to be uh, should be who is uh, the... the Instead of that, when yeah. it's referring to a person, so uh, there's a lack of grammatical accuracy in prof- professional journalism, I find, and well, across the board.
0: I'm glad you brought up the word media, media, because that's something we've discussed in the past. Media is mm-hmm. plural, and yet you people always say the media is, not the media are, and mm. and by, and by the way, uh, it wasn't all that long ago that the word was the press. It wasn't. The media that that changed. I think, uh, I think, George, Bo- one, one of our presidents changed that. Maybe it was Richard Nixon.
1: Well, that's a really good point. i would forgotten that we used to call it the press. I <laughs> I really yeah. It's like it seems so so long ago now. But I think it might have been Bush. I think you're right.
0: Isn't that weird that just mm-hmm. something that was just so much a part of our normal conversation has has been replaced. Yeah, now, is media necessarily. A better word is it. I guess the reason we don't say the press anymore is it in our minds that usually refers to newspapers and magazines, whereas the it's media print. is is everything that's out there.
4: Mm. And now
1: we would say the print
0: media. Uh-huh. The You're
1: right. You're right. You're right. It's, we make that distinction. Print media yeah. versus electronic. You don't really say electronic media much, though. no. I don't know. It's just it's 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 not again here with language on the move, <laughs> if you will. But we well, say freedom of the press.
2: We don't say freedom of the media.
0: Well, that's it because it's just it, such an, a, an established part of our language. Yeah, right? yeah
1: that's like a codified story. term. Yeah. yeah.
0: I was thinking about some other words, totally different. For example, toys that start out as brand names, like hula hoops and frisbees. Uh, can anyone now manufacture a round plastic hoop and 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 call it a hula hoop, or do they they still have to come up with another name?
1: I know frisbees are still trademarked. I think. What about They're, yo-yos I mean, and hoops, ping,
0: so. yo-yo and ping pong started out as brand names, didn't they?
1: Ping pong shocked me because I didn't realize that ping pong was initially the name of the table, a tennis table, tennis table, uh-huh. um, the table not, itself, not the game itself. Wow. Yeah. Which I didn't know. But I always thought because I'd always heard table tennis in the Olympics. Hmm. I thought that that it was a different game than ping pong. I didn't know you couldn't say it because it was a trademark when I back in the day.
0: Well, even the word ping pong, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Ping pong, love
1: is... it. Yeah, it's it's just lovely, isn't it? I think it's wonderful.
0: You like it? And You they like yo yo too?
1: Yeah, I, I like those those like sort of sing songy ones. I I, I've, I had found when Ross and I were talking about the trademarks on our podcast, um, another trademark for ping pong that apparently didn't take off. It was a, a similar game, but it was whiff waff which just doesn't have the same you know euphonious quality to me. Whiff Whiff-waff. <laughs>
0: Some other words that started out trademarked uh, that stunned me, laundromat, trampoline, zipper, dumpster. Zipper was, I guess, the, the the company or whatever that invented the zipper gave it that name and that became the name yeah. no they matter who it made it. The,
2: they took it from the noun zip and they had a boot with uh, – to with had zippers on it, and they they called it that. They trademarked it in the, I think 1927
1: or something. But no, but the thing that got me was, was it was the boot with zippers yeah. that was that was like, and it was B.F. Goodrich, <laughs> you know, yeah, which is <laughs> uh. who, who would have I don't know. So zippers know. began
0: began with with boots. Yes. Yep. Oh.
1: It was a rubber boot.
0: No wonder yeah, the zipper on my like, jacket rich. is broken. It, was, it should have been <laughs> on a boot.
1: They called it back then. The zipper was called a lightning fastener, which uh, I like a lot. The lightning well, fastener. Like
0: uh, tomorrow, I'm going to be talking to somebody who grew up uh, in a family that had a laundromat in uh, in Flushing, Queens. Chinese laundromat. Laundromat was originally a, a trademark word? Yes. Wow.
1: It's fascinating how many things, because you had said dumpster before was the one yeah. that absolutely flo- floored me. I, I I thought a dumpster was a technical term for, you know, a thing in which you dump mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but yeah, laundromat, dumpster. What were the other ones? That, trampoline. Uh,
2: that trampoline. Yes. Trampoline, which has come from the Spanish, Kathy, trampoline springboard. And, and basically it, it became a... Uh,
1: that's a word specific. I've never used here.
2: Well, here, here's yeah. another
0: one. Teflon. Is there another word to to describe uh, nonstick substances?
1: Uh, you usually say nonstick su- substances, don't I, you? You would sound like I a bit do. of a prank.
0: Yeah,
1: nonstick.
0: Yeah. Okay,
7: let's take some more calls. BAI, you're on the air. Thank you. The, the newest word I heard last week is SCOTUS for Supreme Court of the yes. United States. And you that think that's new? Pod- huh? That's new? That's I think POTUS and SCOTUS have, and have been around a while, haven't they? Well, I don't, I don't mm. like and POTUS... I know that's been around a long time, but, but it always sounds like a disease to me, uh, POTUS. Well, know? And, and there's the a good reason to it, think of them as diseases for looking in many at
0: current
1: cases history. it was.
7: You know, you know I actually, I made a joke out of it because I said so if a president dies in office or if he resigns or if he's impeached, that would be POTUS interruptus. Ooh. And, you,
4: <laughs>
6: I like that. You
4: know, oh, I'm, I, like I, a, I'm
7: stealing it. that one, man. You know, that's you know, I, beautiful. I you, this is this is a funny thing when, call me, if you got my answering machine, it says, "Hello, you've reached the voicemail of Peter Seymour. I can't get to the phone right now, but please leave your message forthwith." <laughs> you know, you know, because I, because I, it's my way of who's who's going to think after the tone, you know, because I was being really bland up to the point. But what's funny is that when I get a message, like if someone is laughing, I know they listen to the whole thing. You know <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes say, Hi, hi Mr. Forthwith. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I'm gonna I'm gonna change it to post haste. So let me ask you that question because that's a curious word, post haste. Do you know what that means? You know, I was just oh, sh- looking into it. Post please leave your message post taste. It, uh, look, please look into it. It's a fascinating history. It means
0: immediately, doesn't it?
7: It's, but why would You yeah, wouldn't say immediately. Steam. But the history of it, 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 I think it's like if you were, if your property was like seized by a court or something, you'd get a post hmm. on your door saying you have to evac- evacuate the premises right away. So we get a post haste. Meaning you got, you know, the the sheriff or whatever would say you have to exit the property. So you got to post haste. You don't want to get that on your door.
1: It's funny, those little words, because I, as Ross can tell, and Ross does now, too. I love the word anon. I will answer Uh you anon. And I don't remember when we started doing it, because Ross and I always do that in the email. So I'll get back to you anon. And and, and it's funny how there's certain words that you just like really get, they just attract you for whatever reason. And then you just can't stop using them.
7: They're attractive. Mm-hmm. I'm. Go- I'm going back to when the language is changing so much. My my criteria is going to be like, I'm only going to be use words that have appeared in Shakespeare. I'm not going to use any. Words. <laughs> you <laughs> have I'm a big choice then too.
0: <laughs> okay, now let's talk about that criteria, criteria, and criterion.
2: Yes, we use criteria now to be the singular as well. Yes, you're right. Definitely. Actually, just curiously though, we're talking about potus. What do you call the first lady? Do you, do you guys know that one or not? Yeah, Lotus. Floatus. Yeah, I always love Floatus. I just love it. always
1: reminds me of the old ivory soap ads. Remember
2: them? He <laughs> floats. I <know laughs>
1: never 99.9% was it pure? Pure. <laughs>
0: yeah. That point, that yeah. Like, yeah. Thank you so much for your call. Let's go to another call. BAI, you're on the air. Hello.
3: Hi, is
0: that me? you. Yeah, it's you.
3: Oh, it's me. Uh, I apologize that I'm neither as funny nor as knowledgeable as the last caller. But, That's
0: why you uh, didn't say, peeve, is it? Is it I?
3: <laughs> <laughs> my pet peeve is for pre- when pretentious people use I instead of me. Mm, mm.
1: I so agree with you. I, I think we all agree with you. Do you mean
3: incorrectly or correctly? Incorrectly.
2: Excuse me? Do you mean incorrectly using I or correctly using I?
3: Incorrectly using I instead of me.
2: Like when when people will say between you and I or something like that.
3: (laughs) Now we agree agree with you. (laughs) They do it more frequently than that. More frequently. It's not just just that. Um, I I actually think
1: you're absolutely right. Because I I think that it's gotten to the point because people got so worried about saying me when it should have been i exactly. that they now assume i is the is the default pronoun and you just plug that i in no matter what and i'm i'm am so, so agreeing with you it, so
0: is it drives it ju- me insane so is it just in the eye of the beholder
4: for no.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: the behorer sorry the hearer
1: i was going to say that's gave me the screaming Be-hearer. meanies. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much for your call. Uh, my guests are Kathy and Ross Petrus, and uh, they are regular contributors to our show. We talk about language when they're here, and we take your calls at 212 209 2877. Let's go to another call. BAI, you're on the air. Hello. Hi. Am I there? You are there.
3: Hi. This is Rose. I want to ask your guests uh, how they feel about Governor DeSantis, who's worried about critical race theory, is worried that children are going to feel guilt about what happened in the past.
0: Well, is that, is is that, that a language, language question, question or is that a psychology <laughs> question?
3: <laughs> well, a little of each. I mean, the guy, is uh, you know, he's he's in the paranormal realm, don't hmm. you think? I can't ignore, I, No <laughs> argument there <laughs> Yeah I mean come on you, you know you can't be guilty about what you didn't do But this is This is the part of his speech It's quite fascinating but then hey that's Florida You know
1: it's, yeah. it's- Oh, yeah, that's Florida.
3: Um, I think
1: that we go back to what I was saying before. I think that we're we're in a very strange time where language is concerned and, and language is being weaponized or 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 there are judgments attached to language now that that really don't belong and for whatever reason i can think of many reasons but i mean it, it and you're seeing more and more of that being promulgated and um i think it's a very strange time where mm. language is concerned frankly
0: oh i think that when they write the histories of the world in the future the early 21st century is going to be dealt with as one of the the Uh, Turning points Uh, Thank Mm -hmm. you so much for your calls She she used the word paranoid I've always wondered where that word came from And a listener wrote in to ask about the word phlegmatic And I've always wondered about that P-H-L-E-G Phlegmatic
1: It's so funny because you say phlegmatic But you don't say phlegm I just want to throw that in there It's not like phlegm,
0: is it?
2: It's related to phlegm. It's related to in in medieval times they had the four bodily uh, humors, the four humors, Mm -hmm.
5: and Mm -hmm. phlegmatic
2: was uh, someone who was filled with phlegm. Which I guess if it's so, you're filled with phlegm, you have a slow, kind of stolid temperament, and that's what it referred to. That's how it came to be. Mm. Mm -hmm. We don't believe in those humors anymore, but I'm allergic. (laughs) I guess I'm phlegmatic, and I don't think (laughs) you want something stolid and slow. But whatever.
0: should we take another call? Absolutely. Okay, BAI, you're on the air. Is that me? It's say, say it's you. Yes. Hello. Yes, you're. It's you. Okay, I have a very quick
6: anecdote about functional shifting, and then also a very short follow-up. At Columbia University, the um, computer scientist Ken Iverson gave a talk, and from the floor, somebody asked a question about when you input stuff to the computer or when you output stuff from the computer. And Iverson said, those are not verbs. And the person on the floor said, well, but in English, you can table a motion or you can share a meeting or you can book passage. And Iverson said, I get it. In English, you can verb any word. (laughs) <laughs> which I, I thought was pretty that. good. Yep. And and I have a, a very, very quick follow-on. Uh, I told the same anecdote when Leonard was on another show with Patricia T. O'Connor. And secondly, and much more importantly for your two guests, I'd like to hear some discussion about all of the new pronouns which are used by the gender fluid and the LGBT community.
0: Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Who who's going to pick this up?
2: Well, we could both do it. Uh, first of all, English has had the gender idea is for um, he, she to use they. Is that I think that's what we're basically talking about. Yeah. They, the only thing is to be fair to English, we used to have a singular you, which was the thou, etc., mm-hmm. and that singular became uh, a plural. And I mean, that singular was lost. We now say you for the singular and for the plural. Mm -hmm. You used to only be plural or basically plural. And now we have you as meaning. We don't say thy or thou or, you know, how art thou? We say, Mm -hmm. how are you? You Which in 1300 would have been construed as how how, how are you all? Mm -hmm. So it has happened before. That said, I have difficulty using it. I can't. I, I still see many people. When they go, you know,
1: what do you think, Kat? I was just going to say, you know, t- we've talked about this at length. Ross and I Ross and I are very dull and talk about language all the time with one another, but whatever. Um, I have a problem with uh, the they not. An, uh, I don't have it in the sense of like how dare people want to be uh, referred to in a non-binary way. That makes sense to me. I was very pro other Pronouns, frankly, I mean, and we've had them, we've tried them in the over the years. There was Z and Z was my personal favorite, because my issue is when I read something in particular, not as much when I hear it, but when I see it, I see they and I'm looking for the other person. And I know it's been used in the past and I understand that. And but not to this degree. I mean, I've used they often prior to this whole gender, the non-binary argument. Obviously, you don't know what you're talking about. It's like, you know, uh, I, I've heard, you know, when is the super coming over? Um, they're supposed to be here at three, or what? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, because it's it, it's used casually. It, it, I find it confusing. I mean, frankly, I, well, I'm I trying wonder, to get used to it. I'm really trying, but
2: but I wonder if people felt the same way when you when the and thou disappeared and the I took over. And I wonder if people, particularly people of our age. We're going like I can't say it. You, I <laughs> yes, say you're it.
1: Probably right. How are thee? You know, yes.
0: Yeah, well, the That's word
1: art. You. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: word <laughs> yeah. art also disappeared. Thou art.
1: Yes, yes. you're
0: right. Yeah. Yes.
1: So now, I mean, I, I, I think, I think that I'm going to get used to it. But it's, I, I'm like in that like difficult time where it's just I, I, I panic periodically, and I especially get confused. Um, Again, this is only in print. I've seen it when an individual wants to be referred to or when they're referred to as a they, as a her. Uh, no, it's a they, as a she. And sometimes it's a he in the same article. And and that's when my mind is uh, just I, I, I can't handle it. I really get I can't read the article. Um,
0: I don't know. Well, it's. It's, it's, it's a tough situation. Times. It's complicated.
1: Yeah. I, 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 that said, I, I don't understand the people who are like up in arms and saying, how dare anyone choose this? It's like, mm-hmm. why not? I mean, fine. You, you, this is what you prefer? Is this really a big deal? No, I can uh, do this. I, I just agree. have to adjust. You know.
0: <laughs> Should we take another call? Okay. B.A.I., yes. you are on the air.
3: Okay, I am on the air.
0: You are on, on the fish. air. <laughs> all
3: right. Uh, I have the same problem with the they. I've got a grandchild. who. Uh, all the, I, I'm old. I'm 83. So all my kids and uh, everybody else can catch on to that they with no problem. And here all my life, I'm a proofreader and an editor. I've been correcting their English as they're talking. You know, they're telling me their heartfelt <laughs> stories. And I've been saying, yeah, they. Okay, me. All right right, two do okay, right. <laughs> I'm just switching up one in the middle of when they're trying to tell me this these these rending stories um but um but yeah it, it's difficult, especially for uh for an older mind to to get it and and there's there is that thing of well, where's the other person you know, but it's it, yeah, it's, I, I was saying well what about it? No, it hmm. is insulting. All right. Never, okay, that
0: <laughs> Well, it yeah, it, it is objectifying, isn't it?
3: Well, you know, the whole it's thing is strange. It, yeah. The whole thing is pretty strange. But um, I I was has anybody said anything about the axe? When when uh, black people will say Axe, I Axed her, I Axed my mother. That's know, just that's
0: bad a, pronunciation. Is that, yeah, no,
3: no, no, no. Uh, uh, when I was working on typography, there was a very smart kid who was working. You know, when I say kid, he was, actually was, like, right out of high school. Um, and uh, he said, well, Axe. I said, listen, you keep on saying Axe, you're never going to get a better job. You know, they're going to say, oh, this is a bright kid, but he's always going to be pulling the proofs or whatever, you know, if you want to get up to the next level, you've got to say, ask. And he says, well, Mm -hmm. where's the K? How, you know, uh,
0: uh, well, I (laughs) I think that Uh, this, the big problem here is when do we correct other people's misuse of the language or the, or their mispronunciations? Uh, When is it, it when is it okay? And when is it rude?
3: You know, no, they uh, they loved me at this place, and in fact, I, I said, all right, so if I, if you say, I asked you, he said, well, where's the case? I said, okay, so let's just say, let's draw an eye, you know, a, a, an eye in your head, and you know, an ocular eye, and then ask, like a, like something that would look like a person's behind, you know, sort of like a, like mm-hmm. a three on the side. <laughs> Call
0: her a last there's another cute. word that I love. Alas, alas, we have run out of time. So I'm going to have to say <laughs> thank you for your call. And my great thanks to my guests, Catherine and Ross Petras, regulars on the show. I'm looking forward to your next visit. We've had so much fun today. Their most recent book is Awkward Moments, A Lively Guide to the 100 Terms Smart People Should Know. They've also written that doesn't mean what you think it means and Also, You're Saying It Wrong, all three published by 10 Speed Press. And they have a podcast called You're Saying It Wrong. You should check that out. Thank you so much for being on our show again.
4: Well,
1: thank you so thanks much for having us here again. <laughs> <laughs> I put that here in there, okay?
2: <laughs> and
1: now let's use some English. Thy show does
2: surpass all shows.
0: <laughs> and that that brings us to the end of today's show. Special thanks to segment producer Barbara Kahn for preparing today's discussion. If you're just discovering this program and would like to hear more of our one-hour deep dive interviews, you can access all of our nearly 700 past shows streaming on demand at WBAI.org. Our podcast, which has surpassed one million plays, is available on iTunes, the Apple channel, and everywhere else you get your podcasts. And if you'd like to write to me, my email address is leonardlopate at WBAI.org. Before I sign off today, I need to ask you to consider supporting WBAI to keep the show coming to you weekdays from 1 to 2 p.m. We're asking all of our listeners who have the means to do so to make a contribution at whatever level they're comfortable with by going online to give to wbaiorg that's give and then the number 2wbai.org, or by calling 212-209-2950. That's 212-209-2950. Please do it right now. We need your help to continue bringing you this unique in-depth content and to pay for our broadcast hour, among other things. Whether you make a one-time contribution, become a sustaining member, what we call a BAI buddy the important thing is that you step up and show your support for Leonard Lopate at Large and the station that brings it to you weekdays from 1 to 2 p.m. So please make that call now, 212 Go online to give 2 org because BAI relies 100% on listener donations. We don't take ads or foundation grants, which allows us to be completely free speech radio. Um, and we're the only station in the New York dial that is 100% listener-sponsored, so It's tax deductible. Please make that call. And we hope that you can join us again tomorrow when Alvin Eng will discuss his new book, Our Laundry, Our Town. We'll see you then.